0: Normally, I get to spend most of my time talking to uh, these people over here, these teenagers, but I'm always really, really honored when I get the chance to share with adults. Uh, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it's just an honor when I get to share uh, with you guys. But before we do, I do want to give a shout out to our students. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. This section over here keeps growing, uh, and that's a direct relation to them. Not anything really we're doing, but really I want to give them a shout out because what they do uh, is exactly what we're going to talk about today. And so if, if your New Year's resolution hasn't really been set yet or formed yet, I want to give you a good one. All right. These are three things that you could add to your resolution. And then I'm going to give you how you actually keep it. Okay, here we go. If you want to, one resolution you should add is to love deeply. All right? Another resolution you should add is to serve others. And the third one, the third one is to learn something new every day. If you want to hit those three, come and volunteer with our students. I guarantee you, you will love them deeply. <laughs> You'll love them deeply. You'll also probably love time away and sleep deeply as well. Uh, When you show up with them, if you haven't noticed, they love to serve. And so you're going to have to serve. Whether you're serving them or serving our community, they do it well. And then lastly, you'll learn something new because they have new lingo and new things they say or new clothes they wear daily that I'm sure I'm already out of touch. And so it is what it is. So if you guys want those resolutions, come see me after service. We'll get you plugged in. We'd love to have you. It's a shameless plug. That's what I get to do because I'm up here. Lastly, uh, again, one more thank you to our church family. Um, we don't take it lightly. I don't. I know Lauren doesn't. Our team doesn't. That you trust us to spend our time and invest in them. So thank you. They're not just, not just teenagers. Like, they're not just the church of tomorrow, the church of today. And so thank you guys for investing. Yeah, yeah that's good. I love those kids. All right, so we're going to dive in now to our regular scheduled programming. And so uh, if you were with us last week, we kicked off a brand new series that we are calling Divine Interruptions. All right, so last week we kicked off with a passage from Luke. And Pastor Ryan walked us through this particular passage about Jesus getting with some fishermen and completely changing their life. He called them from a life of what they knew, a life of comfort, to something that was so much more than they could have imagined. So if you weren't here with us last week, uh, I'm going to encourage you to go find our YouTube channel and watch last week's message. I, I guarantee that if you watch and you are paying attention, you'll be challenged and hopefully changed by some of what was discussed last week. And so as we continue in our series today, my goal is actually pretty simple for our time together. I want you to see that Jesus came to interrupt our brokenness. And he came to interrupt our brokenness not only to heal us, but to save us. So I want you guys to all imagine a time, this is going to be fun, imagine a time where you had nothing but desire to go and see your favorite music artist, okay? Imagine a time, it could be your teenage years, it could be now, right? Just think of it. You've waited for years and years for your favorite artist to go on tour, and finally you hear they're going back on tour. You know all of their songs, like all of them, even the deep cuts. You know their history, you know their life story, you know all the things that only hardcore fans would know about this band. People you know in your circles are really excited for this event of the year. Like if this were to happen in our current day, you'd have to imagine there'd be things like social media countdowns. Uh, There'd be partnership with companies so that you can get your tickets early. Uh, There would be a sign up that you can do online because if you didn't know, you don't wait outside anymore for tickets. Nobody does that. right. All you do all of these things with the hope of securing a ticket to the event of the year. Like imagine the level of determination somebody would have to do to go through all of those steps for one moment. Well, some of you don't have to imagine very hard because the year 2022 just happened and Taylor Swift announced she was going back on tour. And some of you, I'm not going to mention names, jumped through a bunch of hoops in trying to get some tickets. Okay, you know what it was like. And if you were under the age of about 33, you know all too well how much pain and effort and determination went into trying to get a ticket. Like some people even opened up brand new credit cards with Capital One so that they could get a free pass into the ticket queue. Right? And not only that, you get into the ticket queue, you didn't actually get guaranteed tickets, you'd have to sit on your computer pause your entire day and sit on the computer and keep refreshing so that way you could get the ticket from your cart to actually pay. And you'd refresh and you'd refresh and you'd be heartbroken because every time you refresh, that ticket would just somehow disappear. It was no longer available. And if you were a lucky one, uh, you would get that ticket and then you would pay this huge amount of money to go and see the show. You'd have this spot. I remember sitting at lamppost doing something important, not waiting for tickets. Uh, I was sitting at lamppost, and I just saw this like lady, and she just kept like refreshing, 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 and she's getting more and more anxious and more and more worked up. I don't know if she got her tickets or not, uh, but I know that she was doing this exact thing that I'm talking about, right? You do all of these things. You pay this amount of money. You spend all this time. You interrupt your life for the chance to sit several hundred, if not thousand feet away from a megastar. We think of things like this and they seem a little bit crazy, right? And we, if you know anything more about these things, like it's in court, there's like politicians getting involved, so there's probably not much going to happen, but like they are involved with this whole process with like Ticketmaster and all these things. It's literally insane. This is a crazy story of determination. But imagine we take that step one more. Like imagine you're one of the lucky ones that gets a ticket and instead of it being a ticket for you, you literally hand that ticket to your best friend who did nothing, They didn't wait in line. They didn't do the Capital One card. They did absolutely nothing, but you just did it because you know that they would, they needed it. They needed to go to that show. Now that would be crazy. That is the mark of an incredible friend, right? You would care a lot about that person to do all that work, to go through all of those interruptions and all of those obstacles for that moment. So today, we're not going to talk about Taylor Swift. I know some of you are rejoicing. Today, we're actually going to pass journey through a passage in the Bible and talk about amazing friendship. We're going to talk about a story where there is an interruption of their life, of a group of friends, a massive interruption, but know that they knew that the struggle was worth it. The interruptions were going to be worth it, and the prize that they were going after was going to be even beyond their own expectations. The destination that they were headed to was worth any interruption that was going to be kept putting in their path. Because when you're broken, like we all are, an interruption is exactly what we need. So before we start, would you pray with me? Dear God, we just thank you for the chance that we have to come together today as a church family and to just be in your presence with one another. God, I ask that you would, would speak through the words uh, that I have. Would you move today in this place? God, we love you. We thank you uh, that you are a God of interruptions. Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so today we're actually going to be in Mark chapter two. So as you guys pull out your Bibles or your Bible apps and you turn to Mark chapter two, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a setup here. All right, so as you guys turn to Mark chapter two, uh, that's where we're going to be today. Some of you are going to recognize this story as soon as you turn there. You're going to see the little uh, title of it, and you're going to be like, "Oh, I know this story. That's really good." and Perhaps some of you know it even better than I do, but I'm going to ask that you don't check out because it's one of those stories that often gets told in Sunday school. In fact, I'm going to ask you to check in because I think that God has something new for you in this passage that maybe uh, you haven't heard before. And if you've never heard this story, great. You're in really, uh, that's even better maybe because you're about to be blown away when you see what Jesus does in this story, okay? So Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read the entire story. So would you follow along with me? but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic i say to you rise pick up your bed and go home and he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified god saying we have never seen anything like this see this story is crazy this is actually crazier than all those swifties that were waiting all wasting all their time trying to get some tickets like this it's crazy like these four friends risk literally everything for the sake of one friend's new beginning. This broken man experiences a moment, he experiences a scene, he experiences a man that changes his life forever. This morning, I actually want us to look through this passage similar to how we looked through last week's passage in three different ways. We're going to talk about interruption, disruption, and then invitation. All right, so if you're writing notes, you can go ahead and you can put that in there. I'm going to fill them in as we go, but we're going to talk about interruption, disruption, and invitation. And like I said, this passage in Mark is one of great friendship. This passage is also one of tremendous physical hurt. This passage is one of Christ's amazing grace. This passage is an ultimate healing. And one that most of us in the room are vaguely familiar with. But this morning, let's check in. I don't want you to miss this divine interruption. You see, because no matter where we are on our faith journey this morning, there's an interruption here that Jesus is giving that we still desperately need today. So let's go ahead and start. Right off the top, we have this story, right? Picking up in a crowded home. There's no more room for anybody to make it into this little room. Especially not four friends and their friend who is lying on a mat. But I don't want you to skip over the early part here. I want you to actually see, starting in verse 3, that we have our first interruption. They came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof. So if you're writing notes this morning, here's your first one. Interruption. The hope of Jesus interrupts our brokenness. Say it again. The hope of Jesus interrupts our brokenness. You see, these four friends interrupted their day to bring their friend to the only person who could actually heal his disease. And this wasn't like today where we think, oh, we're, we're doing something, right? We're going to go pick up our friend for church 10 minutes out of the way, and I'm going to bring him back. No, 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 no. These people had to go and get their friend who was lying on a mat and carry him to the house. They carried him to the feet of Jesus. Don't just gloss over that. There's so much that you can already pull from the first four four verses. You see, these friends knew that it was going to take time. These friends knew that it was going to cost them something, but they also knew that laying him at Jesus' feet was going to be worth it. So I remember my sophomore year of high school, Yes, it's not that long ago. I can still remember it, even though you guys think I'm old. I remember my sophomore year of high school, and I broke my foot playing basketball. And that was an interruption to my routine. You see, I was trying everything I could do to stay on my high school basketball team because I was this height and probably maybe even less athletic than I look now. And so I was trying everything I could do to stay on my basketball team. This interruption in my plans wrecked my vision of what I thought high school basketball was going to look like. And on top of that, we've all walked on crutches or known people that's walked on crutches and nobody's signing up to do that. Try walking on crutches for three months. Like that's an interruption that nobody really wants to go through. And honestly, I was angry. I was negative. I probably wasn't that great to be around because I was interrupted. This was only three months, a very short span. I can only begin to imagine how this paralyzed man felt on his mat. you got to think, he might be feeling helpless. He might be feeling hopeless. See, I was out for three months, and I could use every other part of my body but my foot. And still, if somebody had come to me and said, hey, I found somebody that can heal your foot for you, I don't think I would have even taken a moment to even stop what i was watching on tv to even think about what they were saying i can only begin to imagine what this man is feeling i want you to put yourself in the place of that man on the mat imagine you're lying there and you can't move and so you're literally at the mercy of everybody around you but you have this group of friends and they come to you and they say hey we found it we found the guy there is a man that you have to come and see he can't come here, but we can take you to him, right? He is going to change your life. If I'm that guy, I feel like I probably have some doubt creeping in my head. Here we go again. But their friends, these four friends, their faith was contagious. So we arrive here in the story in verse four, and these friends are carrying him, and they round the corner, and they begin to see this crowd. This crowd. They can see the house as they round the corner, and there's people waiting outside, and they begin to think, hmm, what are we going to do here? They know that they have to do something because they have such full faith that Jesus is what their friend needs. I can only imagine these conversations these friends begin to have. I don't know if we can't go through the front. I mean, can we go through the side? Can we go through the, oh, let's go through the roof. Somebody's going to get real smart. Let's go through the roof. Okay, yeah, that might work right? Here's these guys. You have to put yourself in this story. They were full of faith in the miracles of Jesus that they were going to get through any interruption to get their friend to his feet. They weren't going to be stopped because the hope of Jesus, it interrupts everything. And I like actually doing a little bit of research here because the actual original language of this wasn't just like the nice clean cut hole in the ceiling. I know if you were like me, raised in Sunday school, you've probably seen pictures of this story. And it was like a nice, clean-cut little hole that just was perfect for the guy to be lowered down. No, these guys destroyed the roof. Like, it was no longer a roof. Like, they tore it to pieces. Yet another interruption. Like these people came to hear Jesus speak and to do miracles. And imagine the roof begins to fall on your head. Like Put yourself in that room. Put yourself in there. Can you hear the murmurs of the people next to you? Can you smell the mud? Can you smell the dirt as it begins to fall? Can you taste that dirt in your mouth as it's falling from the ceiling? Eventually a sun ray comes in, it's dark like this, and you're like, ah, what is happening? Put yourself in that room. I can imagine if there are people like us, You hear these murmurs, right? Well, I I came to hear Jesus. What is this? What's going on? Man, I got my cleanest sandals on today, and now they're all dirty. Right? Can you believe it? These guys, what are they doing? Hmm. I think they forgot what it's like to be the man on the mat. When's the last time that we recalled what it's like being on the mat? See, whether you realize it or not this morning... We've all been that guy. We've all been the paralytic who is broken, helpless, laying on a mat without hope, unable to move, thinking there's got to be something better than this. Somebody reaches down and picks up the mat. Somebody reached down and picked you up. Somebody grabbed the corner of our bed and began to drag us and they begin to drag us, and they begin to carry us to the feet of Jesus. See, somebody had to have their day interrupted to go and bring our brokenness and our wounded souls lying on a mat to the feet of Jesus. When's the last time that you paused and you thought about where you were and who didn't take an interruption in their life as a way to not keep carrying you? Like you heard, this ordination process has been going on a little while, and as I began to uh, wrap up the ordination process, there was questions on there that had me do just this, to sit and remember the people, the spiritual heroes in my life that began to drag me and began to pull me and then began to guide me to Jesus. I want you to do the same thing. I want you to sit and recall or remember those people who were in your life. This past week as I was working on this message and I was working through this passage, I really enjoyed diving into the beginning of this passage. It's really nice to see, oh, this is friendship. This is awesome. Like this is what it means to be a really good friend. That's when I remembered all of those good friends, all of those good people who were dragging me, who didn't let an obstacle stand in my way, didn't let an interruption stop them from knowing this is what God had for them to do. And as I began to think about that, I couldn't help but also be challenged in the moment with this question. What am I willing to do to bring those that are close to me, but far from God, to the feet of Jesus? What about you? Who are you closest to that is farthest from God that needs you to pick up the mat? That needs you to pull them a little bit? That needs you to tear up a roof? That needs you to not take no for an answer it needs you to lower them down to the feet of Jesus. I love how Pastor Tony Evans sums up this passage. He puts it this way. Some Christians will invite friends to church, but never to Jesus. They'll invite them to concerts, they'll hear sermons, they'll see specials, but they won't actually tell them about the life-changing power of Christ. These four men knew that getting their friend to a building wasn't the goal. Getting him to the master was getting their friend to a building wasn't the goal but getting them to the master was like i'm not just talking about giving out a church invite card or posting on social media that's a great place to start but if that's all we ever get to that's not really dragging anybody i'm talking about doing that and then passionately pursuing them praying with god for their souls pursuing them with intention and not giving up when there's an obstacle that's put in our way. See, I'm talking about being the friends that carry people to the feet of Jesus when they have no other option. And this week, as I was working through this, I began praying that we, as a church, are those kind of friends. Because we are surrounded by a broken and paralyzed community. Think about this. What interruption is in your life... Is someone else's invitation what interruption in your life is someone else's invitation we could all sit and list the interruptions that we have going on in our life I know that we are all interrupted what's that one that just might be a chance for someone else's invite into faith I think we really got to begin to see interruptions through that lens What interruption in your life is someone else's invitation? Let's pick this back up in verse 5. In verse 5, we have Jesus, and he sees the faith of those friends. And he says to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Wait, what? The guys have to be thinking, wait, we taught him, we brought him here so that he could get his body healed. They've got to be thinking, okay, like, awesome. What about his legs? But I love this because Jesus is saying, that's what you thought you came to do. But here, I have something better. Here, Jesus is saying that the body is important, but it's not the most important. If you're still with me, the second thing I want you to write down is disruption. Jesus' authority disrupts mind, body, and soul. Jesus' authority disrupts mind, body, and soul. As we get into this story, we see in verses 6 through 11, we see this story and how it unfolds. We see the response by the religious people. We see Jesus responding to the religious people's thoughts. Remember, they didn't say it out loud. He responds to their thoughts, and we have this story being unpacked. And I love this because Jesus, in just a few words, is dropping the hammer on these people. Right? We see that Jesus has the ultimate authority. Even those who are sitting in the room doubting and questioning his authority, he shows them. He shows them they don't have to even say it out loud he speaks to what they're thinking and of course in complete Jesus fashion he goes above and beyond even what the expectations were of those friends that day as we read these words we see that Jesus isn't just talking about one thing he's talking about everything mind body and soul see these friends came in expecting Jesus to heal their friend to heal the physical pain, to heal the physical brokenness. And Jesus is saying, look, I see you, and I'm going to heal, but I know what you need even more. Above all the other things, Jesus knew in this moment that they needed good news. And his authority was far past anything physical, and so he speaks to that. Some of the teachers of religious law were sitting there with thoughts to themselves. And I love the fact that Jesus immediately knows their thoughts and speaks to it. In saying those words, your sins are forgiven, he knows the secret thoughts. He knows what the religious people in the room are thinking. And so often as we read through passages like this, it's so easy for us to point the fingers at the religious people. Like, come on, man. It's Jesus. You're in the room with Jesus. What, what are you thinking? yet we still try to hide all of our sinful desires. We think we do a good job of hiding our dirtiness. We think we do a good job of keeping our closet sins away. Think about that. Jesus in this passage knows exactly what people are thinking, and yet we somehow still think that we can hide. We think that we can control our minds and our thoughts, and in just a few words here, Jesus reminds them and reminds us today that nothing escapes his gaze. Sometimes the crippling thing in our life, the thing that keeps us laid up on the mat, is the deceitfulness of our mind. The deceitfulness of our mind to think that we're anything but the broken soul lying there without the power and authority of Jesus in our life. See, the religious people in the the room that afternoon, they were fooled. Church, I don't want us to be fooled anymore. There is one, that has the supreme authority of even our minds. And in this passage, we see that it's Jesus. So we see the mind piece. What about the body and the soul? In a swift few words here, Jesus is saying that there is no disease that has the final authority. There's no sickness that has the last word. There's no religion that has this power. There's absolutely nothing in this world that can stand to the power of Jesus. See, he was before all. He conquered all. And he saves us from all. In these few words that Jesus is speaking in this room, he's letting them know, I'm the answer to everything physical you'll ever need. But more importantly, I'm the answer to every spiritual need that you have. See, in this time, they believe that, well, if you were, had some kind of disease or if you had some kind of uh, issue that you had some kind of sin in your life that you needed to work out. Either you or your family, somebody did that and that's why you're that way. And see, the Bible does explicitly state how this man got paralyzed. But one thing we do know is that he did have a debilitating disease, and it's called sin. And the same thing that he had, we have. See, we are all sinful, which is us laying at the feet broken on a mat. And Jesus, here in this passage, is saying that I am the answer. He's saying, You religious people, you're right. Only God can do that. Here's where you're wrong I'm Him. And see, by not only healing this man of his earthly disease, but forgiving his sins, Jesus is stating very loud and very clear that the ultimate need of every human, then, now, and forever, to walk this earth is not physical. No, the ultimate need is spiritual. And our ultimate need is to be healed of this broken, messed up, sinful soul that we all have. And thanks be to God, here in Mark, we have a clear answer, and that answer is Jesus. See, because of Jesus coming to earth and living a perfect life, dying in our place, and then being raised from the dead, we have the opportunity to be made whole again. You see, and that, simply put, is the gospel. And the gospel is the good news. And that's what changes everything. That's what disrupts mind, body, and soul. See, in Jesus, we know that cancer doesn't get the last word. Depression and anxiety they don't have final authority. Addiction and pain, they don't win. Hospital visits and health scares and hospice care, they don't get the last thought. Instead, today we see that life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope and that everything bows to Jesus Christ. See, the good news of Jesus is not that we're promised this life full of wealth and full of health, but instead the promise is that the good news is here and that Jesus has forgiven us of our sins all we have to do is ask and turn. And I get fired up with this because it's really what changes people's life. And if you want a life change, this is what's going to do it. I'm reminded of this passage in Romans, and it says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that we, he no longer loves us if we have trouble or if we're persecuted or hungry or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours, through Jesus who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing ever can separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, angels or demons, fears for today or worries about tomorrow. No power of hell can separate us from God's love. There's no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Man, I love that. It gets me fired up. So as we close out our time together, I want to actually invite the band back up. We've done the interruption, and we've done the disruption, and so I want to end with the invitation. I want to look one last time at the faith of the four friends. There's a lot of characteristics that you could have from this display of faith. But today I want us to focus on two characteristics of their faith. See, this morning, I want you to see that the faith of these four friends was compassionate and contagious. And so like we strive to do here, we want to make the spiritual practical, and I think this is the best way to close it. Compassionate, right? These friends saw their friend, and they risked everything. They risked everything for their friend to be healed. They risked being shamed, being ridiculed, right? All to get Jesus ought to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. Do you realize that we live in a society that is broken and hurting? Does your heart break for them? Are you compassionately living a life that is loving those far from God with the gospel of Christ? See, these friends believe that if I can just get him to Jesus, he will be healed. I think we need to believe the same thing. We must be caring and compassionate for a broken and hurting world around us. Secondly, we see that this, the faith of these four friends was contagious. These friends showed out so much love to their friend, and their faith made him well. Their faith was so contagious that it rubbed off on the man on the mat. Their faith was so contagious that Jesus recognizes it. He sees their faith, and it changes their friend's life forever. So we want to make this practical, and I want to tell you about how this happens here and now in our midst. See, we have one of our very own students who, when we first started out about a year and a half ago, uh, started showing up. And uh, she would probably tell you that she wasn't really sure why she kept showing up, but she kept showing up. right? And she didn't just show up. She decided to get plugged in, and she began to ask questions about Jesus was and what did he do and what does it mean for her? She got into a discipleship relationship with one of our leaders. She studied on her own. She read on her own. She dived in and she began to gnaw on what faith looks like. And like God does, he showed up and he moved. And soon after she decided that I'm going to commit to this group, her faith began to look a little contagious. You see, it started with her bringing her two brothers into our group. It didn't stop there. Soon her parents have shown up. Her other sister has shown up. She's brought in her niece. And one of my most favorite memories in the last two years is at camp. right, so we've got her and her two brothers and they both experience life change. They both, all three of them, give their life to Christ at camp. It actually brought a picture with me if you could throw that up there real quick. My favorite memory, I think, and this is gonna be hard to ever beat, is standing behind them watching them worship. Hmm. It's so good. And you see, it didn't really stop there. She still does it. She's no longer with us in our student group, but she still brings people to adult life group. And wouldn't you know it that the contagiousness of her faith has rubbed off on her siblings. One of her brothers brought eight people to youth last month alone. When's the last time some of us brought eight people in our life? That's contagious love. They're living out their faith in ways that people want to get close. People want to see why are they different. Hmm. Man, that's good. That's compassionate and contagious faith. So that's it. That's the story of these four friends on a mat, and a man on a mat. Right? The five of them are having their lives interrupted and being made whole through Jesus. So the invitation is the same this morning as the same that Jesus gave them. It's rise. Pick up your bed and go. See, if you're here and you're that man on the mat, and you're broken and you don't know what the answer is, hopefully this morning you hear the answer is Jesus. Jesus. He is the answer. So don't leave today without taking the time to find one of our pastors, find me. I want to talk to you about what that actually means. Because I want you to know that you don't have to stay paralyzed. You can leave paralysis behind, and you can rise, and you can run. And for the rest of us in this room, the invitation is the same. Rise, take up a mat, and go. So who's your one? Who's the one person that comes to your mind when I say we all have friends who are lying on a mat? Who's that one that comes to your mind? That's the one you need to begin to share your compassionate and contagious faith with. So rise, take up your bed, and go.